0: Hello everybody, this is Vijay here along with my co-hosts Shashi, Neeraj and Vishwas and we're back for another episode of the Indian Diaspora Podcast. Today we are on episode 30 and the topic we're going to tackle today is cooking. Uh, Something that maybe most of us didn't really start out doing much of in our lives but then had to learn how to do very quickly once we stepped away from home. So we're going to talk about our early experiences of cooking while growing up in India and then what, what happened, how it evolved when we were finally away from home uh what sort of skills we had to learn how all those things evolved when we got married and we'll also talk a little bit about what happened when covid came along and sort of turned our worlds upside down so to get things going let's talk about our childhood experiences sort of early days our experiences with making food at home how much we did what sort of skills we picked up Uh, maybe i'll start with you
1: you want to talk a little bit about your early experiences of cooking so my early experience of cooking has two phases one is when I was a Boy Scout, right, in the school days. So we would go out on camping, <clears throat> and the camping required us to cook our own food. Um, but that was not like cooking per se. In that case, we were just simply cooking, say, uh, omelette and toast. You, joke, you joked about that earlier too, but th- that was the cooking, right? So how to cook omelette, and the best part was making tea. I used to make a really good tea, but the second part came... And I think this will be true for all of us is when we uh, got kicked out of uh, our houses. And when I mean by that, I don't mean Kharagpur. I mean, we had to leave U.S. So when I when it was decided that I'm coming to U.S., my mom actually took me to the kitchen and showed me how to cook at least basic three things, rice, (laughs) dal, omelet and chai. I already knew how to make. Um, So one of the things my dad used to cook very well was mutton so uh, being my mom being vegetarian she would not be in the kitchen so i would be assisting my dad in making mutton so though i did not cook mutton immediately coming to us so my childhood experiences were kind of forced on to me because i had to leave the nest and go fly out essentially so that was my early early experience but i'll add it more later on and I'll talk about it down the road
0: Yeah, interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of parallels with all of us. Uh, And You know, when I was growing up, I also, I guess the only thing I was known for, I knew how to cook was different types of eggs. I got good at that, just, you know, I had to make something for myself very quickly. I knew how to make, you know, started out with fried eggs and eventually omelets. And that was really my skill set for cooking before I left home. So I guess there's some parallels there. Uh, What about you, uh, Vishwas? How about your experience?
2: So my first experience was after I joined my first job, which was after just after Kharapur. So I was working in in Tarapur and uh, uh, living by myself. So before uh, I had joined, uh, like uh, in uh, Neeraj's case, I had taken some lessons from my mother on how to cook some basic stuff i used to uh, cook a pretty good dish of chili potatoes so that uh, combined with uh, uh, standard lentils and rice and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, uh, you know dairy products like milk or, or yogurt that used to be my my sustenance for almost one year after my job and after that I moved to New Bombay where we were living in what is called the Chamri which is basically a bachelor's quarters where the company provides a cook and 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 somehow you know that was a godsend for us because the quality of the cooking was way better than what I used to do and uh, it sort of freed me from from the cooking the chore that I was doing every day
0: Got it. Yeah, that's. I guess the, so. Your first experience was really started working. You stepped away from home, and looks like you had some support there. So you didn't really have to, uh, like the sink or swim thing didn't apply to you as much as maybe to some of us who literally just <laughs> went across continents and had to figure it all out. So I know, Shashi, so I had to actually do
2: that. in my yeah. in in my in my uh you know there was one story about this so. Uh, my first day in my first job was uh, in a guest house, so that was also a social place for my colleagues to come in the evening, and and I had a room and the kitchen over there. So one day, I I my cooking was not going very well, and uh, I burnt the dal, and there was a lot of uh, you know uh, the 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 smell of ghee that comes when it is when it is burning and and some of the people were coming and telling you, look you know if you don't want us here you can just tell us and we leave <laughs> you don't have to do all this
0: <laughs> yeah that's funny uh, I, I have an interesting story around burning food also which i'll tell in a little bit uh, i think all of us have done that at some point so what about you shashi uh, how was your experience in childhood and then later on as you stepped away earlier
3: You know, Vijay, I mean, all of us have this experience of our mothers uh, sort of managing the kitchen, and mine was no different. But I used to kind of hang around in the kitchen quite a bit, you know, so I used to love uh, helping my mom in the kitchen. And as a result, I picked up a few things. Um, So I knew how to cook the basic things. And in fact, I knew how to cook chicken and mutton and all that stuff. I knew how to cook noodles, um, you know, sort of Indo-Chinese noodles. And in fact, you know, my mom was ill for... A while and I was kind of doing all the. my dad was away so I was doing all the cooking at home so <clears throat> I had some culinary skills um, but um, you, you know when I left Calcutta, I was in Delhi for two years and the hassle of even setting up a kitchen was too much so I survived for two years in Delhi without ever cooking anything it was eating out or getting takeaways or whatever um, and that kind of worked out for two years quite nicely so the first point at which Um, I had to kind of fend for myself was when I arrived in Boston in 1995. Um, And of course, you know, that kind of takeaway and all that was not an option at that point at all. Um, And, you know, the thing that was striking, uh, despite the fact that I had been cooking a reasonable amount back in home, was the idea of doing it unsupervised. So there was always the comfort that, uh, you know, I was in the kitchen doing something, but if something needed um, a bit of help, I could always ask my mother. And that advantage had gone away when I moved to Boston. That was one thing. The second thing was uh, finding the ingredients. You know, rice, okay, it's not that difficult to find rice, although the kind of rice that we eat was not available in the supermarkets at that point. So going out and finding a shop which could sell Indian products and spices and all that kind of stuff was a little bit of a challenge. I mean, eventually I figured that out. But it was a real crash course in uh, being independent and being unsupervised in cooking uh, in Boston, thankfully, I knew um, a few dishes, so you know, I survived for four years in Boston with all of that. And in fact, I think the highlight of my time in my four years in Boston was that for my twenty-fifth birthday, I had invited you know a huge number of people from my class. There was thirty-five of them, and I actually cooked a proper meal, you know, with four or five dishes for thirty-five people. So you know, I can at least pat myself on the back for that one.
0: <laughs> you were the you were the friend that I used to look for in grad school. <laughs> Find the mm. people who know how to cook, who enjoy cooking, and just learn, attach yourself to them. So unfortunately, you were probably very too far away. <laughs> I know, but you know, you always used to look for those people. Uh, similar experiences, and you know, this idea of finding ingredients, which probably now is not a challenge at all for kids who come in, but in those days it was still a little bit difficult. And I remember when I came, and I guess the other. Uh, grad students who also I roomed with who had all arrived fresh, all of us came with suitcases containing bags of dal and rice, et cetera, because, you know, our parents basically said, I don't know if you're going to find the stuff there and some very basic instructions on how to make a simple meal of rice, dal and a subji, right? And I remember in those days, uh, the we used to joke about the way of cooking was you cut some onions, cut some tomatoes, and then say what are we making today? Because no matter what you made, the first thing that went in was oil, jeera. Uh, there were two or three masalas and onion and tomato. You start mixing them, and then you say, okay, we can add dal to this. Or uh, we used to buy these, uh, you know, so in the US you would, which we didn't get at the time in India, you could get these boiled vegetables, right? So carrots, peas, and things like that in bags. And we would dump a bag in and mix it, and you know it tasted reasonable. And we said, "Oh, this is a good meal," and that was literally what I ate in the beginning year of my grad school experience. Uh, starting year two, uh, I had a different set of roommates, and all of us kind of decided that if we're done with this uh, eating all this not very good food, we're going to go to first principles. And we started buying fresh vegetables and started looking up recipes and. I was not that much into cooking as my roommates were, but that's the direction we went, and our quality of food really went up quite a bit. So I think we started learning how to actually make decent food. Again, it was nothing like what our parents, like our moms made, but it was much better, and you know, once in a while, a parent would come and visit us, and we'd get spoiled for a month or two, and then we'd go back to what we were doing. So early days, uh, very basic, we loved, uh, you know, those, if we found a good deal at a local Indian restaurant for a buffet, we would go there. and. You know, I think all of us have done this. We eat till we drop uh, uh, because you wanted to eat as much as you could for like seven or eight bucks. And that was, that used to be a treat for us. So those are the early days. And uh, I think a lot of similarities with you guys. You know, Vijay,
3: the striking thing is that in uh, nearly 30 years of living in the West, I have never cooked out of a bad um, set of vegetables or canned vegetables or anything of that kind. You know, I mean, the one thing which, um, um, you know, I hope my mom's proud of this. Is all of our cooking is from first principles,
0: and that's good because you're eating good, right? You're eating good food rather than. As soon as you kind of go to some of these things that are bagged, actually, there is a there is a logic that if you get fresh bagged uh, food uh, bagged at the uh, at the source and frozen, it's probably not bad. But the taste is very different when you get the fresh vegetables, cut them, and everything. So that's... totally, I mean, you you lived a more <laughs> a better culinary life than at least some of us have in our early years. But let's talk uh, about it's what just out of now. habit,
3: nothing else, to be honest. You, you, just ha- uh,
0: yeah, you got used to it and you enjoyed it. So th- then let's talk about uh, once we kind of moved on in life and maybe the next big thing was, uh, I guess we got married and life might have changed quite a bit. So, uh, mine did. So let's hear a little bit about how that evolved for you. So maybe we'll start with you, Shashi. How, how did, did things change, did, <clears throat> you know, or, or did the dynamics in the household? Uh, Change? Did
3: you cook less, more? How? how... You know, so I'm from Ranchi. My wife is from Allahabad. You know, our cooking is similar, uh, but there were, of course, huge differences as well. But, you know, the kind of food that we eat was very similar. But the method by which she used to go around preparing food and a lot lot more vegetarian food than I used to cook was different. And so the first few months uh, and by the way, she didn't cook very much at home either. So, you know, it was um, for her, it was a question of remembering what her mother used to cook, and over time, sort of picking up the recipes that she had been she' grown up with in Allahabad and I think over the years what 's happened is that our cooking has gotten merged, and you know today, what we eat is kind of a representative sample of the kind of cooking that i used to uh, I grew up with and the kind of cooking that she grew up with, and a few other things that we 've picked up along the way but there was years and years of experimentation to get this um, routine right and figure out, you know, what kind of food we really wanted to eat. Uh, but thankfully, you know, we st- it started with the food habits not being very different. And, you know, I mean, as all of you know, I mean, the food habits in India are very diverse. Uh, the kind of ingredients are very diverse, you know. I mean, like in Ranchi, as well as in Allahabad, you know, we cook a lot of stuff in mustard oil. For a lot of other people, you know, that would be a very tough thing to get used to. Um, so, you know, thankfully, we didn't have to start with too many differences of that kind. But even so, it took us a lot of time to experiment and get, um, you know, a common sort of menus uh, together.
0: Yeah, and even, I mean, I guess in your case, somewhat similar backgrounds, even so, there was some evolution there. You know, I'm sure when, like my situation, I'm, I'm a South Indian, grew up in the North, so I ate a lot of North Indian food. But then my wife is Gujarati. We went through quite a bit of uh, mixing and merging. So, we, we'll, you know, th- there's been quite an evolution in our case, too. But before I talk about myself, let's see what somebody else
1: has to say about
0: this uh, hub.
1: So, for me, uh, the story has to go a little bit behind, uh, as I said, when I left India, my mom taught me basic stuff, right? Rice, dal, lentils, um, bindi, uh, okra, essentially, and, and, and omelet and all that. And I used to cook a little bit. Uh, luckily, I had two good roommates. Uh, we had we were six people living in two apartments, and my roommate was from Udapur. He cooked really nice North Indian, typical North Indian food. So he spoiled us. I learned a little bit, but at the same time, it made me take a back seat, right? Because he would cook. The other set of roommates, uh, he made really nice South Indian food. And I'm talking South, South Indian food, not like, you know, the one you would eat in a in a South Indian restaurant, like Rajasthan kind of food. So, so because of that, I picked up something, but I got spoiled because I didn't really pick up something. However, when these roommates left and moved on, I actually learned to make two really nice dishes, chicken biryani and rasmalai. Now, of course, rasmalai wasn't from scratch. It was from ricotta cheese that we bought from the grocery stores. And I cooked that for a really, really long time. Now, I get married. Sonia is an awesome cook. To me, that actually turned out to be opposite because once she started cooking and once I started eating her cooking, I completely lost my desire to cook because my food sucked. It was good as a single. It was good as a graduate student. It was good for the other hungry boys that came to visit you. But once you start tasting really good food uh, and you realize how helpful your own cooking is, you kind of like, "Eh, I have two choices. Either I can learn and improve or I can just simply go in the backseat. I unfortunately went to the back seat, Like many of our
0: friends, <laughs> so you're not alone there. And and why break something that's uh, working well, right? So if yeah. somebody likes to cook and they make good food, why <laughs> you have to go in and say, I
1: want to cook? Yeah. So I totally get and, it. And, and the funniest thing is my dad takes pride in his mutton, right? He's like, nobody makes mutton better than him. That was his sort of a badge of honor. And it, it was really awesome. But once he ate mutton, uh, my wife Sonia made. He's like, "Oh, she makes better than me." I'm like, "Here we go. I have a really good cook in the house. She's making food better than the best people that have, you know, proclaimed themselves. Why do I need to do anything?"
0: Totally, totally makes sense. So, Vishwas, what about you? Have you dabbled in cooking? How has how has things how have things evolved for you since you got married?
2: Yeah, so uh, a, a bit. Uh, 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 like what Neeraj was saying, you know, Swati is a much better cook than I can ever be. So she was uh, doing the heavy lifting when we were not in India uh, after marriage. And uh, uh, after we came back to India, I used to travel uh, a lot. And sometimes I used to be away on projects for weeks together. Um, sometimes three, you know, three to eight weeks. At that time, I used to cook because uh, it's not very easy to manage vegetarian food outside of India. And at that time, that was uh, mostly the simplest of stuff that I could cook. It was very functional. Uh, So usually used to be something like khichdi, uh, lentils, rice, and veggies put together a single meal. And not something that is necessarily there to enjoy, but uh, to get done with and and move on. So that was, uh, you know, what my post-marriage cooking used to be.
0: Got it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, similar experiences here to some of you guys. Uh, what was interesting about our situation with Ketaki and me was that uh, she loves cooking. And uh, I'm not a big fan of cooking. I can cook certain dishes. So uh, I've almost taken the role of being a specialist who makes certain types of dishes, and I make them pretty well. But in general, the load of the cooking is done by Kitki because she just enjoys it. Um, And I am a big sort of, some of you know, (laughs) somewhat of a cleanliness freak. So I have no problem cleaning the kitchen, washing the dishes, and I want things done a certain way. So I kind of take the load of that. So it works out pretty well between us. Uh, she is very efficient. That's the other thing I've found, that my process of cooking is, you know, I like to do things in a very structured way. I'm kind of, you know, if I have to assemble something, I'm first cutting all the stuff, and I'm you know, put wash, cleaning and washing as I'm going, and then I, you know, make the food. She's just got everything going parallel, and, you know, she can whip out three dishes in the time it takes me to whip out one. So she's definitely much better at that. Uh, funny story from early, when I had just started, I had just met her, and the first meal I cooked for her, uh, I made kheer, and uh, somebody mentioned about burning food. So my kheer, actually, I guess I didn't pay enough attention. So the milk got burnt slightly. And uh, what did I do? I said, okay, the solution to this is to add more cardamom. So I just added more elaiji and did some stuff. And I said, oh, now it tastes good. And then when I gave it to her at the end of our meal she kind of made a little face, and I said, hey, don't you like it? She, she's very frank, so she's like, it's burnt, and I said, how did you find out? You know, it's, I covered it up, and she's, we still talk about it today that, you know, you can't cover up burnt food, so uh, I guess my threshold also, based on my early experiences, was higher, you know, if it tasted decent, then I was happy to go along with it, but yeah, we're both very much into trying different types of food, so our food has become quite international. Uh, you have traveled a lot, and we are open to trying different cuisines, so we make a lot of non-Indian food, but definitely uh, if we have two days of that, we have to go back to eating something, you know, dal, roti, all that stuff. So uh, been quite an evolution for me also. And uh, we all, the kids also love cooking. So we all kind of like our food and uh, everybody cooks once in a while. Okay, so and that, that brings us to the next topic I guess we should cover or talk about is when, I guess you had no choice. So when COVID hit, we were all sort of forced to be in our homes. There were no restaurants open. Uh, there was no option to, you know, order food and stuff like that. Um, what that. What did that do to your households and cooking routines and things of that nature? Maybe I'll start with you, Shashi.
3: Yeah, you know, interesting experience, Vijay. I mean, um, you know, we were locked up at home, three of us. Uh, and then after a while, my nephew came and joined us. So there were four of us, you know, four adults in the house. Um, and they need to put meals together at least, you know, three times a day. You know, you, breakfast, okay, you can sort of get away with cereal and things of that kind, but you still need to produce two decent meals in a day, day in, day out. Um, so that was a real challenge, I have to say. And, you know, to bring some variety into the food, not cooking the same thing every day, that was a real challenge. And it took real effort to figure out What you could cook, how you could cook it, how you could bring some variety into it. And I have to say, you know, the thing that kept uh, knocking at the back of my mind during that period was just the sheer sense of amazement at uh, the fact that, you know, my mother, your mother's as well, all of us grew up in an environment where they were putting together three meals a day, every day, day after day for years and years and years together and providing us with variety, both in terms of the type of ingredients being used, the type of cooking being used, the type of tastes on offer and everything else. Uh, And, you know, COVID, I think, was the biggest reminder for me of what our mothers did for us in our early years. Uh, So that that was, you know, one huge challenge. The second was, I'm sure you experienced this as well, that there were shortages of many kind of food products in the very early days. Now, thankfully, you know, a lot of my friends had that struggle of, you know how do you cook and what do you cook? And thankfully, you know, Indian homes are stocked with you know, rice and dal and chole and all this kind of stuff. Where if you didn't have to go and shop, you could probably still survive for a very, very long time. Uh, you know, so that was a, a sort of real experience as well of how autarkic you can be and still survive, whereas other people are struggling. So I think for me, you know, those were the two really stand out memories of the early days of COVID
0: yeah this is really interesting you mentioned this idea of having to put together three meals a day that our our, that our mothers did and i i remember uh, and i think i talked about this with my wife too how we would sometimes ask what's for dinner today and you know we would make a face or something and <laughs> not taking into account how much effort it took to uh, firstly put it together and also to create the variety that you were talking about we just took things for granted and we are like oh you'd made the same thing we had it 3 days ago and, like what were we expecting this is not a restaurant right so i think it brings up i think covid brought a lot of perspective to many of us on what it takes to run a house fully you know and, and how how much work it takes to put together meals for the family uh, what about you, Vishwas? How did uh, life evolve for you with COVID, especially around cooking? So
2: uh, ours was, a, so we had a, a more comfortable uh, life during COVID uh, so because we had household help. So we had a, a household help who was with us during this time, uh, during the lockdown. And that was a godsend for us. So she used to cook. We did uh, uh, try our best to make sure that uh, you know we are all uh, trying to share uh, uh, some of that load, but uh, it did not really result in the kind of the you know the kitchen workload that it did uh, probably for for you folks. We, did, we We experimented with some some cooking, uh, including with creation of uh, some drinks. So for example, there's a Mexican drink uh, that we, we 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 experiment with. I think it's called the Pache. and uh, we we used to experiment with some dishes. But that is as far as we went. It was more, it was more uh, you know fun rather than the utility side of uh, it. That was, uh, you know. The primary focus for you all over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the experience uh, for you was probably quite different, Rishwas, especially when you have help that can make a big difference. Uh, That sounds so spoiled, I have to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was, it
2: was, like I said, it's a godsend to have uh, help at that time.
0: Yeah. So, Liraj, uh how about you? What was your life like? You for 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 you, and what was the? Did you did you start? Did you pick up some cool- COVID?
1: COVID, uh, you know, in the first three months was kind of weird for us because Sonia did get COVID in the month of April, and uh, although she tested negative, uh, but the, all the symptoms were there. So we we were pretty scared in the first three months of the COVID to avoid any outside interaction. And we had groceries delivered over these, you know, the apps that had just come up. So we did a lot of home cooking. Or when I say we, mostly Sonia did a lot of home cooking. And I did assist. And uh, over the time, Vijay, as you mentioned earlier, the the house, the division of labor has become where uh, Sonia cooks, I clean. I put on the dishwasher, our son cleans the dish, empties the dishwasher, right? And that routine has been going on and that's kind of maintained. Uh, I would not say I picked up any more cooking. But uh, sort of living in Florida, most of the restaurants were back on, at least on a delivery basis. So while we were avoiding any contact in the first three months and people did not even know how the virus was spreading and there was all sort of, you know, the, it totally became a political drama. We were still able to get the food delivered if we wanted to eat something different. My kids are not, uh, they enjoy Indian food, but not every meal has to be Indian food for them. So luckily we were able to get some food delivered through, again, these Uber Eats kind of apps out there. Uh, So we survived that way. But one thing, uh, to your point, Shashi, COVID showed was that how much of a chore this is actually. You know, when you're cooking maybe a meal a day or you're eating out, U.S. culture is very much eating out. You don't feel that much burden until you realize you're locked in the house. And of course, yes, our pantry is stocked with five different of dals that are whole, five same dals that are cut and washed and all sort of, you know, legumes, chickpeas and all those things. But even after that, you, you end up realizing, holy cow, the cooking is not, um, it's, it's I'm sure it's fun and entertainment for some people. Some people enjoy that as a hobby. But after a while, it's nothing but a chore. You know, it's like a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You keep doing the same thing over and over. And it becomes very easily repetitive, mundane, and, and, and tedious, actually. So you have to cook, clean, cook, clean. So I'm glad that we were able to enjoy some outside food during COVID, too. Yeah,
0: this was definitely an interesting phase in our lives and kind of different for me also because, as all of you know, that uh, just before COVID hit, I had uh, quit my job and started a sabbatical to explore sort of new things. And so I had some bandwidth, right? I was exploring things with startups, et cetera. And so as COVID hit, I could spend a lot more time with the family because I did not have a full-time job, where I was on Zoom all day. And that made my experience quite different. And considering that in the previous years, I had been traveling a lot and I had kind of missed a bunch of things for my kids. uh, The COVID time sort of brought us together in many ways. And cooking was probably the one thing that all of us started doing a lot more of together. Uh, I personally picked up a lot of dishes that uh, I had always wanted to learn and some things I couldn't even get, you know, good Indian dishes in Indian restaurants. So I picked up some biryani, chili chicken, you know, kosher show, things like that, which I'd always wanted to make. Uh, you know, the kids started cooking and baking. Uh, my son started, you know, he, he makes, this, he learned how to make pasta from scratch. And then he was making macarons and my daughter was baking cakes and pretzels and stuff like that. So I think that was the thing that I remember most during COVID. Yes, you know, there was stress and all that stuff, but we were spending a lot more time together in the kitchen because that was one thing we could all do together. And I remember a WhatsApp group from our hostel, um, for a while we had, I think at least for six months, almost every day we would be putting, Hey, I made this today. And somebody else would say, I made that today. So a lot of people were doing the same thing with their families. And I guess that's my most enduring memory from COVID. How about you guys? Do you remember that stuff? No, no, completely,
3: completely. I mean, I mean, so same story, but slightly different story in the sense that when COVID hit, I got COVID, uh, and I was incredibly busy because, you know, our organization was in deep trouble because of COVID and so incredibly busy. But finding the time within all of that to cook was also needed. So, you know, despite the fact that it was a challenge, you've got to make time for that, too. Um, and then, you know, after a while, you get tired of eating the same thing every day and you start experimenting and going on to YouTube to look for new recipes and all that. And I remember that, that, you know, we actually had a separate group, didn't we, that was just about cooking. Where uh, everyone was experimenting—well, not everyone, but you know, enough people were experimenting—and putting new dishes on, and that became a real topic of discussion within the group as well, and it brought people together. Um, I have to say, you know, my son was about to go into uh, college, and then my nephew was here, who is, um, you know, was a bit older than my son, and but you know, he was already working, but his cooking skills were really poor as well, so I had to give both of them a crash course. To go off and live independently, and that was also very interesting. You know, just teaching them some basic things, uh, which have they they both tell me that that ended up being very useful for them.
0: Yeah, no, we we we've all evolved quite a bit during the COVID years. We just, I guess, we're still tallying all the things that happened and what it did to us, and what it did to the way we look at life. Also, so food was definitely a big part of that. So now let's, uh, you know, I think we're getting close to the end here. Let's pivot into. Um, favorite foods, right? So as, as you think about uh, the kinds of foods you like and um, what it is that you really love, I'm, I'm going to keep this a little focused on not going to restaurants or cooking at home. The kind of food that you make at home, what is it that you really look forward to? What is it that you love to eat? Uh, and Maybe even some things you learn to cook. Uh, maybe we'll start with you, Nirich.
1: So for me, you know, the favorite food has always been you know typical paratha and aloo sabji kind of thing and and, and you know that's north indian fare and then there are certain things that i like and you know uh, during Navratri, sonia makes uh, puri nothing beats plain da in rice when i've traveled for 7 8 days gone through concerts, gone through the client, and every chicken, seafood, or whatever. But when I come home and Sonia looks at me, she knows that all I'm longing for is plain rice and plain dal. There's nothing nothing better than that. No better feeling than, than that That when you're just eating that food. So in that way, a comfort food is the best food for me. I think we're going to all land
0: up there uh, because we have very similar, especially with travel, that is something that sort of all of us crave for when we get home. But let's see, what else? Uh, Who else has, uh, Vishwas, what about you? What's your favorite food?
2: Yeah, I'm with uh, Neeraj on this. That, you know, uh, simplicity, simple rice, and in my case, arhar dal. uh, And uh, maybe... A little bit of uh, uh, curd, you know. That by itself, uh, you know, well, well-cooked dal is, and and uh, we, uh, you know, we used to have uh, a rice that was not all that great in our in our uh, hostel life. So, if you can get basmati rice, then that's basically heaven for me. <laughs>
0: all right, fantasy.
3: I mean I think we're going to all end up agreeing on this one isn't it so rice and dal and any plainly cooked vegetables you know whether that's uh, okra or cauliflower or cabbage or uh, aubergine or whatever you know anything that's plain cooked not very spicy you know I mean that is basically what we grew up eating and today if you had to fall back on something that's exactly where I would fall, up, fall back as well you know and that's very different from the kind of party food that you would uh, cook to you know when you've got guests at home but I think the simpler, the better. And that's where all of us, I think, are going to default to.
0: Yeah, I, my my test is, you know, when I visit India and sometimes when I go for a very short duration to visit my parents and my mom will ask, uh, what do you want to eat, right? Or even when my in-laws ask me that, uh, they're usually expecting me to ask for something exotic, something special or whatever, because, hey, you know, you haven't had this for a long time. And my, if there's one meal involved, my answer usually is, roti dal, kabhata, and if we want a second vegetable, it'll be uh, windy, right? So uh, those are the things that really I look forward to. Uh, those are the tastes I remember the most. Uh, and I think all of us have very similar feelings around this. One thing I should talk about or mention is uh, when I came to the U.S., uh, it, it was rotis were very hard to find, right? So you kind of wanted to buy store rotis, but they were not very good. Uh, in the last few years, we found this a lady uh, who makes rotis and sells to the whole Indian community. I didn't realize how big this operation was uh, till I started going to buy from her. She, you know, they, they do this in a, in a, in a garage. And uh, I would meet friends in that parking lot who I had not met for weeks because they were there at the same time to pick up a whole bag of rotis. And I think she supplies all of central Connecticut because all the Indians that I meet who I ask where do you get your rotis from? It's from the same lady. So it's, it is definitely something that takes effort to make at home and a lot of people look for it outside um, and uh indian food man you know when you get the best tasting home cooked kind of food there's no substitute for it we all grew up with it so i really uh, uh mirror all your all your words there the other thing i mentioned is food is where community is built right so when we have get togethers and you know it's all at least an in indian get together it's all about food you're all around the table uh, eating food and chatting and you know it's kind of what brings us all together regularly and all our festivals and is all about food so that's another aspect i guess worth mentioning
3: heavy i think i should say you know we do buy frozen parathas like you know stuffed parathas and all that but we have never bought rotis off anyone we've always made roti from at home <clears throat> that's one thing it doesn't matter how much effort it takes but the kind of taste of freshly made rotis is just something that I would, you know, I'd be willing to put in any amount of effort to get that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's been, you know, the only time we uh, do everything from scratch is when we uh, make puris. Uh, the kids really look forward to it. We make the atta, and, you know, once in a while we'll, we'll take out the kathai and put the oil and make puris. What we have found uh, now, which we use a lot, and I think that's what we've defaulted to because it tastes really good, is we can buy the pre-rolled rotis in the store. So they basically somebody has made atta and rolled it into a uh, round shape, and you just literally peel it off, put it on the tawa, and in a minute you you know you do everything else uh, like you would do with the roti, but somebody's rolled it. That's made our life very very efficient, and all of us love the taste of it because we have a gas stove, so we can make the roti, put it on the on the flame. You know, once it swells up and it tastes just like it would be at home. So that is the shortcut we have found, which is working for us. For us, it's still too much work
1: to actually make the atta at home.
0: All right, guys. Any Anybody else got any thoughts before we wind up here? Any last uh, things you want to say? So
1: Vijay, when you're coming here next, I'm going to make you cook.
0: I like, I like, so I, <laughs> there are certain things I cook and I cook them really well. So we'll just have to identify one or two of those dishes and I would love to cook because I enjoy cooking. It's just, uh, uh, I don't, I'm not good
1: at everything. I'm only really good at sort of things. Um, I, th- I, th- I thought,
3: Neeraj, I yeah. thought you were complaining that Vijay doesn't come to see you. Now you're giving no. him reasons not to come to yeah, see that's
1: you. that's his punishment. That's his punishment for not seeing me next, like the last three times he's been here. <laughs> no, no, I,
0: I don't. I don't see it as punishment. It's, you know, as I said, I think food is something that uh, I, especially around the COVID time, I realized that it kind of brings people together and uh, it's really enjoyable when you're all sort of hanging around. Somebody's I mean, you know, even our in our parties, like, when when we have get togethers, you know how it is, right? With your Desi friends, uh, you know, you're still sort of, even though you might have cooked most of the food, you're still putting finishing touches. Everybody's jumping in and saying, what can I do? And the dishes start piling up. People are like, I'll load the dishwasher. So it's a very community-driven sort of event when we have food and Those kinds of get-togethers, and it it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're having fun when you're doing it. Vishwas, you were jumping in to say something there.
2: No, no, I I was just saying that you know that is uh, uh, that uh, food uh, bringing together people is is an interesting idea because it's something that uh, we have never done. As uh, uh, as friends, that is cooked together. Maybe that's a that's a thought uh, we could uh, uh, we could keep in mind for the next time we meet.
3: Yeah, hey, Vijay, I think yeah. you know one thing I wanted to mention. <clears throat> this is just a bit of a funny anecdote, really, is that when we set up that food group, food WhatsApp group, in the middle of COVID, you know, you got to learn what other people were cooking and eating, um, and you got to learn, you know, uh, what the arrangements are in everyone's house. So, you know, our good friend ramamane who is spoiled by his mother-in-law and his wife and now his daughter, who cook all kinds of amazing stuff for him. And our good friend Shibuto Kole. Man, I have not seen somebody cooking, uh, well, I'm not sure how much of the cooking he was doing, his wife was doing probably most of it. But I have never seen people cooking that many variety of fish in that many different varieties of ways. And, you know, if the stereotype of, you know, Bengalis and fish has anything to do with it, then our good friend Kole uh, definitely lived up to it
0: yeah we discovered some many hidden gems in our community right there was another one he cooks amazing meals <laughs> at some point i started getting an inferiority complex in that group because i thought i was turning out some cool dishes and i see wow these people are serious but you know that kind of uh you start discovering uh your every time you go through something new and you spend time with your friends you discover something new right so i i think uh Vishwas, i would definitely suggest if your friend circle likes to you know actually handle food and cook it's a real fun experience to do that together uh, it's it's almost like a potluck where you're kind of cooking together in the same kitchen so yeah as long as you have the space and enough burners and all it's a lot of fun to do all right guys this has been a great conversation and uh, let's uh, wind it up for now uh, and then we'll be back so thank you everybody for listening to us today this was uh, i think this was episode 30 today of the indian diaspora podcast uh, we look forward to coming back with some additional topics in the next week. But till then, stay tuned and have a good day.